You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's Friday, August 19th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. What's the better bargain, eating out or cooking at home? As record high inflation continues to punish Americans, we are seeing the biggest gap between grocery stores and restaurants since the 70s. Since last year, grocery prices have increased 13.1% while restaurant prices have gone up 7.6%, and they are pushing out new deals showcasing the value over shopping at the grocery store. Heather Haddon, restaurants reporter The Wall Street Journal, joins us for what to know. Next, the schools of the future are going to be looking a lot different than the current architecture. Gone are the hallway and classroom models. Start looking for flexible learning spaces with movable walls, wellness rooms, and better ventilation, which will promote a whole child approach that focuses on smaller groups, collaboration, and hands-on learning. Jennifer Kingston, chief correspondent at Axios, joins us for what to know about the K-12 schools of the future. Finally, have you ever been ghosted in a relationship? Did it mess with your mind? In a study of college students at Wesleyan University, some students admitted that they ghosted because they lacked the right communication skills to have an honest conversation. Others said they did it to leave a toxic relationship. Janelle Thomas, Master of Arts at Wesleyan University, joins us to talk about how ghosting is linked to mental health. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. On balance, it still is cheaper to <laughs> right. to cook at home, but restaurants are making this case that on a relative basis, their value has grown as grocery prices has grown so much faster. Joining us now is Heather Haddon, restaurants reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Heather. Thanks so much. Well, the big question is, should we go out to eat or should we stay in and cook? And that's the thing that uh, a lot of uh, Americans are struggling with right now is we're seeing inflation at an all-time high. We're seeing uh, the prices of groceries especially high. And restaurants are trying to make this case that it might be cheaper to just come out and either get some fast food or even dine out at a restaurant. And some of the data is kind of uh, helping them make that case, let's say. So, Heather, what are we seeing with this? It's kind of a unique phenomenon, but prices at grocery stores are rising faster than at restaurants. So the federal consumer price index data that we all follow shows that year-over-year grocery prices uh, in July increased 13.1% roughly, and those at restaurants was more like 7.6%. So when you just look at the numbers, grocery prices are rising 
faster than restaurants. Of course, on balance, it still is cheaper to (laughs) to cook at home. But restaurants are making this case that on a relative basis, their value has grown as grocery prices has grown so much faster. All right. So let's see what each side is doing. We're seeing, you know, some fast food places, Burger King, McDonald's, and even kind of middle of the road restaurants, right? Uh, Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's. They're all saying in earnings calls that uh, they need to start stressing the better value that they are than cooking at home. Some of these fast food places are advertising very cheap, like $5 meal combos. So this is how they're trying to make that case to a lot of people out there. Yeah, so they're really hammering this value messaging in all the ways that they can. And some of like what you said, which is, you know, combo meals that are maybe at a a low cost price, you know, maybe like happy hour specials or, you know, IHOP is advertising free breakfast uh, for kids. So That's a good deal. (laughs) In and of yeah, itself right things there. that they can lean on at these times. And, you know, some of these brands like an Applebee's or an IHOP, you know, this kind of plays to their strengths in some ways. I mean, they are kind of known as a lower cost value play. And so now they can they can really emphasize that at a time when consumers, I think, are really listening to those messages. I mean, that's what a lot of people want to hear right mm-hmm. now, that something is a good deal or will help their, you know, stretch their pennies a little further. So these restaurants that have that as part of their profile are really talking about that. And the thing for restaurants across the board, really, that makes them more expensive is all the other stuff that goes into it, right? The labor, the rent, everything yes. that's driving up the bill. So because they're getting wholesale cost of, of raw ingredients, it's it's all that other stuff that, that's really driving up their prices. Yeah, exactly. Labor, rent, utilities, this does make you know, eating out more expensive when it just comes to the bill than than cooking at home. But, um, you know, there are cases that their prices just haven't risen as fast as grocery stores. And so the other side now, so we're seeing grocers, uh, food brands, meal kit companies trying to say, you know, well, it's more affordable to eat at home. And we're seeing a range of things happening on their side. Yeah. So these grocers, packaged food companies who maybe didn't have to necessarily harp on that before are are trying to dial up that message that they are a good deal. You know, just because you've been cooking at home all this time, don't give up on it. Um, still be <laughs> turning to our meals right now because it is more affordable when you think of it as a per person basis to keep cooking at home. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing uh, Albertsons, for instance, uh, they're rolling out prepared meals, which is, you know, you're still shopping there at the Albertsons, but you're not necessarily buying the groceries. You're still getting something that's pre-made. Meal kit companies, Blue Apron, they're changing their advertising too. And that's an interesting one too, because I don't know if they've, uh, we've seen studies out there to bear out what the price comparisons can be, but those meal kit companies and, and those subscriptions can be kind of expensive too. Sure. Yeah. And meal kits were kind of a darling of the early pandemic, but then really lost a lot of Steam, you know, as the pandemic ground on and on balance, they do. it does seem like it would probably cost more than just buying groceries. But they argue that, you know, there can be less waste if it's pre-portioned food for you as opposed to buying, you know, a head of lettuce and a whole bunch of other produce and then having to process all of it and maybe some of it not even making your meal. Right, right. I think one of the things they were saying is, uh, at least uh, for Blue Apron, they're like, well, you get our salmon dish or whatever, that's probably cheaper than buying all the individual ingredients. And while that can be true, it's, you know, just that one little meal you're going to get, you're not going to have ingredients left over and all that. 
And then, so what? Uh, what are we seeing overall with uh, maybe a more expensive restaurants? You know, you can't really make the case much there. Those can still be kind of maybe luxury outings for families and whatnot. I mean, are we seeing anything on, in those sectors? I think they are really um, fine dining is really focusing on that you haven't been eating out in a long time because of the pandemic. This is an occasion for you. And some of the consumers I talked to do say that they're still treating you know those dining out occasions as like a real treat. They want that treat occasion, they're just not going to be doing it very often. But I don't think you're seeing a lot of discounting in fine dining. Heather Haddon, restaurants reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much. We've got flexible walls, movable furniture, corridors are places where learning takes place in small groups. It's a whole different approach and a different physical setting for many students who will be going back to school this fall. Joining us now is Jennifer Kingson, Chief Correspondent at Axios. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Good to be here. Well, let's talk about what we might be seeing in our schools coming pretty soon. Uh, You know, we're kind of poised for some big redesigns in school right now. Their hallway and classroom model of school architecture is going to be out pretty soon. And we're going to start putting in new things, flexible learning spaces, wellness rooms, a lot of touch-free lighting and plumbing. Obviously, coming off of the pandemic, we're going to put in really premium ventilation systems. But they're really trying to change the whole look of what the schools of the future could be looking like. So what do we know about it? Modern schools are going to look a whole lot different from the way they did, certainly when I went to school. The new way of learning emphasizes uh, the whole child approach where you learn in small collaborative groups. The so-called sage on a stage, the teacher lecturing to the whole class, is way out right now. And for parents who are lucky enough to live in school districts where they have the money to renovate schools, they're starting from scratch in terms of school design, Oscar, building very light, transparent, airy, ramp-filled buildings where classrooms are, are still there, but it's not really a model where you walk through the corridor to get to your room. You've got flexible walls, movable furniture. Corridors are places where learning takes place in small groups. It's a whole different approach and a different physical setting for many students who will be going back to school this fall. Yeah, there's a lot of money going into schools right now, especially with some of the COVID relief stuff. So a lot of these schools are seeing these prime opportunities to just kind of redo whole swaths of uh, of the school, parts of the school. And, you know, but there are some setbacks. Obviously, we're seeing construction and labor costs really go up right now, especially with inflation and all that. So how are they going to be balancing that? The good news is that a lot of the federal money that was given to states and local governments for COVID relief has trickled to the schools where they have money to replace their ventilation HVAC systems. And some of them are using that more expansively to do some of the bigger renovations we just discussed. And also in schools where populations are swelling, a lot of people moved during the pandemic and some places have more property taxes from new families to be able to build bigger and better facilities. On the flip side, as you mentioned, there's big labor shortages, problems getting supplies and materials, and that's tamping down some of the more ambitious projects. At the same time, it's also important to note that, say, in, in uh, you know, urban districts, the plain old New York City public school where my son went to elementary school, they don't have the money for these fancy bells and whistles. So right. it's the lucky few who are going to see these improvements. 
what are they going to be doing as far as security goes? We've seen shootings at schools happen. And then, you know, in certain parts of the country, right, they have to deal with things related to climate change when, uh, you know, a storm could be coming, things like that. Those are such important issues. On the security front, I'm told by the architects I spoke to that there are really two competing philosophies right now. One is open lines and visibility, all that glass that I talked about, so that you can see all around you and security officers can detect any threats. The opposite, of course, is uh, more of a kind of defense mode where there are uh, fewer places for, you know, classrooms are, are uh, more secured, more, more walls, more places, God forbid, that people can hide. Those are competing philosophies. The architects I interviewed all, all favor the, the kind of openness so that the school doesn't feel like a fortress. But, of course, uh, uh, there will be disagreements over that, whether that's the right architectural approach. On the climate change front, as uh, big storms, floods, big weather events become more common, schools are having to build in uh, storm shelters the way, gosh, in the old days, they, they built in nuclear fallout shelters. Right. I spoke to a school in Pennsylvania that was designed in, in concert with the local children's museum where they have all kinds of beautiful, fancy displays, a, a solar calendar that come, filters in through the light and exposed inner workings so kids can learn about uh, electrical systems and so forth. But at the same time, they have their first ever storm cellar where all 1,400 members of the community can gather if needed. One of the cool things that some of the architects you were talking to mentioned about all of this stuff is giving more prominence to automotive and culinary arts programs. Now, that's kind of cool. That's something that really kind of went by the wayside, you know, shop class, auto class, you know, really aren't around too much anymore, but we could be seeing some type of comeback of these. Vocational education is back in a big way, not only because, uh, you know, college is so expensive, but because on TV, we're more exposed to cooking shows, how-to shows, fix up this house or uh, Motor Trend Channel and so forth. So the auto shop, the culinary arts program, all kinds of vocational options are no longer relegated to the back of the school where only people who enroll in those programs or uh, can, can be exposed to them. They're kind of celebrated. This is a part of a big community where not everybody's going to go to college. People have different paths, and that's got a prominent place. Cafeterias are open. Health and wellness centers are on the rise. As you mentioned at the beginning, there yeah. more schools are installing wellness rooms for mental health. The school just is uh, encompassing a whole lot of different functions that didn't have such prominence in the past. And so, as you mentioned, the school in Pennsylvania could be one of the newest models of this that we could be seeing. Yes, yes. And the involvement of the local children's museum is noteworthy, not only from a design perspective, but just from the whole pedagogical approach of hands-on learning, the ability to see and feel things, learn things for yourself. It's called active learning. That school in particular emphasized nature trails where on a whim, a, a teacher could take the class out to uh, look for frogs or, or uh, <laughs> study the local flora and fauna. It sounds kind of utopian and sure. idealistic, but it also uh, could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, it points to a, a different way for our kids to be educated in the future. Jennifer Kingston, Chief Correspondent at Axios, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. As an individual, you are learning to create and develop relationships, whether that's romantic or platonic. You're also learning to dissolve those relationships. Joining us now is Janelle Thomas, Master of Arts at Wesleyan University. Thanks for joining us, Janelle. Of course. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about ghosting. Nobody wants to get ghosted. It, uh, it's when somebody basically cuts off all online communication with someone else, doesn't give you an explanation. They just disappear as if they were a ghost. This obviously happens a lot with uh, relationships. You might go on in a date or two and maybe you're not feeling it and <laughs> there's no other way to uh, let the other person know but by just disappearing. But Janelle, you and uh, one of your colleagues did something interesting. You did a study with a bunch of college students going kind of to the source, really, people that are really turning around on relationships and all that, and asked them, you know, why would you do it? Why did you go that method? And then kind of what the effects were on their mental health, how it made them feel to either be ghosted or to be the one who was ghosting. So Janelle, tell us a little bit more about this study. We're interested in a few different questions, which you kind of touched on. We wanted to find a more empirical definition of ghosting. We had discovered there were a couple articles published on ghosting, but not a lot. See that ghosting is something that is very prevalent in online dating, but also in popular media. We see a lot of Netflix shows that mention ghosting. A lot of books have come out where characters get ghosted. It's just everywhere. It's prevalent. But like not a lot of studies have gotten to the bottom of it, the root cause and anything like that. So we wanted to look at definition. We wanted to look at the motive. We were interested in the role of technology as well as social media. And you were also mentioning the consequences and all of that. So the perceived consequences for both the ghoster and the ghostie, which I think that was the most interesting part of the study for us. So in some of the results that you got, uh, you assembled a team of uh, uh, 76 college students for all of this. 70% of them were female, so it's an interesting perspective there. And one of the top results was why people were ghosting. They said they lacked the necessary communication skills to have an open and honest conversation. And, uh, you know, I mean, I would chalk that up to just being young, right? You, you maybe haven't developed that. Maybe you haven't gone through it enough. Yeah, that was really interesting. We chose this demographic because... Emerging adulthood is really important developmentally. This is a time period where you are, as an individual, you are learning to create and develop relationships, whether that's romantic or platonic. You're also learning to dissolve those relationships. 
you're learning about yourself as a person and also what you want in life. And like those participants were mentioning, an issue that was coming up was, I don't really know how to communicate what's happening, what I'm feeling. So the best solution for me is to ghost. However, like something else that kind of I thought superseded that was disinterest. So above like not really knowing how to end the relationship was like, I'm not feeling this. And in order to get out of this, I'm just going to decide to ghost. So what were the consequences that uh, a lot of these people were feeling uh, when it comes to being the ghosty or the ghoster? I, I, I mean, I would assume, like I said, uh, if you want some closure. I'm sure there's uh, some feelings of depression possibly because, you know, you got dumped and you don't know why. Uh, so what did we see in, in that sense of things? Yeah, so we can start with the ghosty since you kind of ended on that note. So this result specifically was one of the most prevalent ones. It came up in 100% of the focus groups that I facilitated. So one of the main results that we saw was that the ghosties tend to have internalized feelings of self-criticism, doubt, hopelessness regarding future relationships. So there were a lot of feelings of confusion. Like you were mentioning, they felt they had no closure and there was a lot of paranoia going into these future relationships. As an individual, when you've been ghosted, the data suggests that you're not really certain where you stand in these future relationships, and that can be incredibly damaging. Another psychological consequence that the research pointed towards was, which was very interesting, is that it kind of leads to a opportunity for self-reflection and resilience, which is important to note that this comes at the end of a period of that negative time of the, the self-criticism. So once you've been down and out, then you can start self-reflecting and the resilience comes out. So once you're in that future relationship, you gain a different perspective. So maybe I'm not seeing this relationship the same way this other person is because in the past, that's what's happened. So it gives you a different perspective. It gives you a different lens with which to view those future relationships. Janelle Thomas, Master of Arts at Wesleyan University. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's it for today. Join us on social media, at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive was produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.